Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the DVM production empire. That's how you know it's good. This is a DVMPE production. Join the empire today at dvmpe.com. Welcome back to Checks and Balances Podcast, your only source of news that simply does not have just one side's opinion ever. Checks and Balances is brought to you by two, three, four, five different people with five very different viewpoints. But tonight, we'll only be representing two of us. This is I'm John Madison, your host. And with me, as always, is my... He likes to think of himself as my arch nemesis, the person on the right, the one and only Trump supporter. He may be a relative of Mike Lindell, but I have not fact-checked that, so it may not be true. The one and only Eric Schwartz. How you doing, Eric? Wow, what, what an intro. And I will say, as you were saying that, it hit me. You and I have not, I don't, there hasn't been an episode without you and I on it. I don't think there has. I also, I would, I don't look forward to the day there is because we never <laughs> see eye to eye on much. I mean, a few times, right? A few times. There's, there's been a couple of times we've agreed and Danny has threatened to cancel us. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it is cool just every week. You never know what you're going to get if you're, if you're listening this week, like you said, it's just the two of us. So it's going to be a little bit more laid back probably, but um yeah i just thought it was interesting there's never been an episode that you and i weren't on it i think this is basically our show now Joe. this is our show i think it always has been and i do have good news um especially for the listeners if there are any left uh as it turns out we can now say or do anything we want on the podcast because we now know with definitive proof that the producers are no longer listening to the show they got bored and they abandoned us but they do still produce um and keep our show with the lights on right we don't know how to do it without them so so uh, we we still need them but we can say whatever we want now so uh it's things could get nuts right I, we might not even talk politics anymore we might move right into uh sports talk like we wanted to in the beginning eric oh i agree i agree i mean uh you, you a bears fan i am a bears fan Wow, look at that. Yeah. We're going to talk Justin Fields. <laughs> See? <laughs> this will be such an interesting night. Um, but the other uh, big news, too, listeners, if one of you, if anyone out there is looking to advertise with Checks and Balances podcast, I can tell you it is a very successful place to advertise. And I'll tell you why. We happen to have our own little store. Eric, can you tell us how are things going at the Checks and Balances store? Things are going. It is there. It is ready, ripe, and waiting 
for people to come and purchase stuff. So let me tell you, if you want to advertise with us, you should hit us up. It, you you will do great. We could even get you your own store. We know the people. We we got your back. But if you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash checks and balances podcast, click on the button shop now. It's a cool store, a whole bunch of stuff there, decently priced. Um, shipping times get there within four to seven days. It's really awesome. And you know, we would appreciate it. So go check it out. And you, you never know, maybe you'll find a shirt there that says checks and balances podcast. So controversial, even the producer stopped listening because they couldn't take it anymore. Oh, that's, I think, I think we're going to add that. I think we need to put that shirt on there. Absolutely. <laughs> For anyone out there listening. <laughs> exactly. Mom, thank you. Um, so, <laughs> so Eric, so, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I feel like um, if uh, the listeners are listening right now, it is August 17th, I believe. I'm not sure. It's been a long day, but it has been quite a week. Um, if I do say so myself, not necessarily in the, if you're a Democrat, not in the Democrats' favor. Um, we had Andrew Cuomo saying he was going to resign. I'm sure we can touch on that. And then uh, the breaking news the last week, as I'm sure everyone's aware, um, Afghanistan falling to the Taliban. So it's been quite a week in politics. And um, I mean, I, I don't know, John, if you want to touch on it real quick, because personally, I feel like it's while it's negative for everyone, obviously, these are all Democrats, you know, Democrat issues at the moment. So I figured I'll let you take the reins if you had any comments on that. Do but before we jump into that, another date seemed to come and pass, and I just want to make sure: um, is Joe Biden still the president of the United States, or was Trump secretly reinstated? I'm just—I I know you'll have the inside scoop on this because so I believe I believe you were go. National Kool Aid Day. Yes, yes, I believe you're referring to uh, the QAnon um, group conspiracy of that Trump was going to get reinstated on the 13th. So um, yes, Joe Biden is still the president legally. Um, and, you know, just for everyone listening, I've, I think I've said this before, um, whether or not QAnon was a complete hoax or, you know, Q was actually real in the sense that he was on the inside. Uh, Q, the actual account of Q hasn't posted since uh, November, right after the election in November. So November, I think, so point is all of these dates coming out, it's just a bunch of hogwash, in my opinion. It's, this, there's no actual credence behind it. This one was actually Mike Lindell, the Pillow guy. Correct. Mike Lindell, while I do uh, love him, um, I think he is a great guy. Um, I, I don't think uh, he's accurate in uh, his predictions right now. And I, I know last week we were off the air. I wasn't sure. I know you were away. Is there a chance that you were at Mike Lindell's cyber symposium? No, I happened to miss that. However, um, uh, I'm sure it was would have been great. <laughs> did, did you get the fun highlights at least? Have you read up on what happened at the cyber symposium? Uh, the um, if if the the snippets that I have read are correct, I kind of heard that it was kind of a flop. And that his cyber expert came out and said uh, he would not lie and the data did not show what Mike Lindell was suggesting. No, I didn't see that, but I don't doubt it. Like I said, Lindell, um, 
I'm, I'm not going to use him as a voice of like, you know, proof of anything. He's got his conspiracy theories like everyone else. And I personally don't subscribe to them. So yeah, I, I, mean, I know it would have been more fun if I did for you, I'm sure. But uh, like I said, I do like him. I think he's a good guy. I just think that he's barking up um, the wrong tree at the moment. All right. So uh, I will stop on the Mike Lindell fun. Um, as much as, <laughs> it is true. I, I would I would dedicate a whole hour to that if I could. But um, Afghanistan. So, Eric, yeah, I, I actually think because um, I do, of course, I'm a Biden fan. Um, I you know I don't hide that at all. Um, I'm still a fan of Joe Biden after the events that just occurred. But I'd like you to talk us through what you think happened since. So, my understanding of the events that had occurred was there was a ceasefire deal with the Trump administration that was set to expire in May. And the terms of the deal was that in May, uh, we would begin pulling more troops back. Now, once May came, obviously Trump is no longer in office. So now this is falling on the Biden administration. Um, What seems to have happened is Biden seems to have wanted the pullout to kind of coincide with September 11, because whatever was happening in the last three months, everything that the Biden administration was telling us and what Biden himself said during press interviews was false, that uh, the the Afghanistan army would be able to support its own, uh, that there was no chance that U.S. personnel and troops uh, would be airlifted out and um basically they did not feel that pulling out would in it would would cause this where the Taliban has literally taken over Afghanistan in a, a, a matter of a week which says that wherever Biden was getting his intel from and the plan that was put in place was garbage so let me ask you this um just just so we can clarify a few facts here on this Afghanistan pullout as we as you're seeing it, how many troops do you think U.S. troops were in Afghanistan at the time? Approximately, approximately 2,300. And how did it get down to such a low number? Uh, the Trump administration had been lowering it. Uh, in fact, I think all administrations uh, since Barack, so Barack Obama's administration lowered those numbers. Trump began to lower those numbers even further. So this has been a constant uh, trickle of troops slowly pulling out Afghan pulling out of Afghanistan. The goal was for the Afga- the Afghanistan government to be able to defend itself once we actually pulled out. And the reason many believe that it's been taking so long because every president, including Barack Obama, his first term and second term, and then you got Trump. And now you got Biden. Every single president has promised to take the troops out. And yet it doesn't happen. I think even Bush promised to take the troops out um, when he was still in office. And it just never happened. So a lot of people theorize that it's because once you become president and you get to see all the you know, top secret stuff that we don't get to see, basically it just didn't make sense that, that, that people knew that this would happen if we just pulled out when the president, you know, every president wanted to pull out and then no president did. So Trump was one that uh, pulled more troops out and uh, dwindled it down to 2,300. But those 2,300 at that point, the the Afghan government was still able to hold its own because of the strategic placement of the 2,300 troops. 
to some extent, you will agree that the Taliban was already taking over territories during the Trump Correct. and even during the deal. Correct. The Taliban, they were fighting the Taliban. They've been fighting the Taliban for years. So originally it was Al-Qaeda that was in there, um, for those that don't know. And the Taliban, after we, these, you know, now we're going back 20 years to 9-11, that was Al-Qaeda. And then the Taliban started to come in um, years later after we had basically wiped out Al-Qaeda. The problem is there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. It- and the deal was made by Trump, and the deal did say that by May 1st, all U.S. troops would be out of Afghanistan. Um, in return, Afghanistan would not attack U.S. troops. Um, and that they, would not harbor, they would not harbor or um, help any terrorist organizations. So, so correct. And I, and I believe I mentioned that when I first started talking about this. So, yes, Trump, mm-hmm. Trump did broker uh, a ceasefire deal where we would get be out by um, May 1st. However, in that deal, technically, that, that deal was, was not about the Taliban taking over. So what has happened is the Taliban's completely taken over, which would mean that they're in now breach of the, of the deal. So the deal that was brokered was not, had nothing to do with what's happening right now because the Taliban has taken over the government. Uh, this is a coup d'etat. Let's call it what it is. And that was not part of Trump's uh, ceasefire deal. So technically, they're in breach of that deal. A lot of the issue, though, um, that came into play was that Afghanistan did not uh, defend itself, for, for better or for worse. And the president himself of Afghanistan did flee the country right when things started and once the uh, withdrawal began. Um, so, so then let me, let, let me ask you, John, given that you're a Biden supporter, mm-hmm. what, so, so do you support uh, Biden's decision right now? And what are your thoughts, like, I guess, coming from you? Talk about what's going on in your head with everything that's happening. So I, I think the options that you had when you had 2,500 troops left uh, signed deal with the Taliban was either go back and basically say the U S's word is garbage. If we didn't follow through with what was agreed to. Um, so I'm on one hand um, it may not be the same decision I would have made because maybe I'm too much of a humanitarian, Um, But I don't feel that Biden has erred unless he was going to add more troops, which would affect and hurt more lives. We've been there 19 years training personnel inside Afghanistan to defend their own home. Um, It doesn't look like they wanted to fight over it. It didn't. uh, In most cases, there was little violence when the Taliban was able to take over many territories. Um, What do you think Trump would have done differently? So. Um, I don't know because I'm not Trump, but I do know that Trump obviously plays strategically because if he had, if he did what he said he was going to do, they would have been out in the first year, but they weren't just like they weren't out with Obama and just like they weren't out with Bush. And because I believe Trump knew when his advisors told him, if we do this, this will happen. What's happening right now which is why it kept getting, it kept going and it kept, it kept dragging on just like it had with every president, because I don't think Trump wanted this to happen. I don't want this to happen as someone who doesn't want our troops in Afghanistan, who, who has, has hated these endless wars that we've been doing. What is happening right now? I still, I I don't like this. What needed to have happened was what was happening until the country was ready to defend itself. Because here's the reality of it as a superpower, that we are. We went into Afghanistan for just reasons because of 9-11. But after we did that, we then set up a new nation and a new democracy there. 
which we can argue whether or not that was a good thing or a bad thing. But the point is, as a superpower and a leader of the world, we did that. And the Taliban, what we did when we did that is we gave humanitarian rights to people that didn't have them. We gave, for instance, women. We gave women rights. And now the Taliban have taken over. And under Sharia law, which the Taliban, Taliban follow, those women now, their lives are at stake. Anyone involved in that government, their lives are at stake. So sure, we can say, oh, the Taliban are saying they're fine. But I'm sorry, we're, gonna, we're just going to take them at the We don't know if they're fine. We also don't know what's happening in the rural parts of Afghanistan. All we know is what we see on TV right now. And a lot of people that are being interviewed that, that are not the Taliban, they're fearing for their lives. There was people that were hanging on to a military plane and falling from thousands of feet in the air because of that's how scared they are of what's going on. So what would Trump have done? I think Trump would have waited until he knew that this would not have happened. And that's so, why we were still there. So on that interesting, um, I did find a, uh, a speech Trump gave. And let me give you a little excerpt. This is from June 26th after Joe Biden is president. Trump says, I started the process. All the troops are coming back home. They, the Biden administration, couldn't stop the process. 21 years is enough, don't we think? 21 years. They couldn't stop the process. They wanted to, but it was very tough to stop a process with another thing. It's a shame. 21 years by a government that wouldn't last. The only way they last is if we're there. What are we going to say? We'll stay for another 21 years, then we'll stay for another 50. The whole thing is ridiculous. We're bringing troops back home from Afghanistan. And this was him being critical of Joe Biden not being quick enough. So when you say Trump would have done something different, it's not what he's saying. He is now sure, after the fact, but certainly he would have pulled them all out in June. But see, but that's not true because he would have, he said he was going to pull them all in the first year. Trump says things. That's what he does. This is not new. Trump likes to talk and Trump likes to talk down to his political enemies. That's not that's not new. That's there's nothing shocking about that, because if Trump was did exactly what he said he would do, which no one wants. That's why we liked Trump, because he would say something powerful, but then he would do something smart. And what if, if I mean, I, if what I always miss to do something smart. But what I'm saying is true. I promise. I mean, you must have you must have forgotten <laughs> what it was like in 2019 when gas was a dollar fifty and inflation wasn't hyper and wood wasn't up 400 percent and poultry wasn't up 200 percent. Unemployment forget, wasn't at six. percent. I do forget when gas was a dollar fifty in 2019 because it wasn't. It was during covid, but it wasn't a dollar fifty in 2019. But it was never a dollar fifty. It was never a dollar fifty under Biden so far. So point is, point or is, will it be? There's too you, many you, people who want gas supply and demand. People are working. Well, no, okay. Thank goodness. You're, you're, it, Go ahead. Hold Eric. on. Hold on. No, no, that's false. There's there's more people working from home right now than there were in 2018 through through all of 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. The, the gas price wasn't a dollar fifty in 2019. It wasn't three dollars either. Yeah, but now you're getting into supply chain issues, OPEC cutting off its source, Russia cutting off its source, and people selling gas for more because they can, because the free market allows for it, not because there's suddenly less gas. But because OPEC is pumping it out at a slower pace, Russia is, that means people in the U.S. who also manufacture and sell gas aren't, are going to sell it at the same price they can get for it overseas, because why sell it cheaper? So... While I would love to continue to argue gas prices, um, what where I was going with that is just because Trump said, "Hey, this you know 
Joe Biden's going too slow. That doesn't mean anything because the point is if, if Trump was, if that's how Trump worked, the, the troops would have been out the first year, but they weren't because Trump knew that that wasn't smart, that that would have ended poorly. So that's why there was a slow pullout, just like there's been every, after every president. But here's what I want to ask you, because a lot of people are saying this, because even you just said the agreement Trump made was May. They were supposed to be out by May. It's now August. A lot of people are saying it really looks like the Biden administration was trying to time it to look really cool on the anniversary of 9-11, that this was all just like, because why weren't we, if this was the case, why weren't we out in May? It, it kind of just feels like this was all a political show for September 11th anniversary and Biden could pump his chest and be like, I did it. And it's the anniversary of September 11th. So what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm not the only one saying that. There, there's a lot of people I heard today talk about that. I don't think it had much to do with the September 11th. Uh, I, I think he might've even pushed it further. The problem was he had two bad choices. Bad choice number one is add more troops. Um, and that's a bad choice number one because, A, it's super unpopular back home. People don't want to put troops in danger. But 2,500 troops to hold a country is not nearly enough. So he had the uh, – he promised us you know, when he was elected that he would mm-hmm. take the troops out of Afghanistan. So if he had added more um, instead of the discussion we're having right now, which is he – abandoned Afghanistan, we would be having the argument he's a warmonger looking so, to put all these troops back in Afghanistan. Why, so why did he have to options. add more, though? Why did he have to add more, though? You were saying the Taliban, we were, the Taliban we was saying, ground? The Taliban was saying once uh, the deadlines had passed that it was open season. They could go back to killing American soldiers and sort of inferred and promised that they would. Gotcha. Um, okay, so You still haven't explained what your personal thoughts are on the situation. So maybe you could go into that a little bit more. Um, So my personal thoughts. uh, So I I can't be a complete hypocrite. I did not want to uh, withdraw the troops when Trump did. I spoke out against it back then. Um, I don't think this was the right strategic move, both for the nation's safety, for our own uh, stability as a country, but also what was better for the betterment of humanity, keeping people safe. Um, With that said, it almost feels like we are playing um, policemen of the world, and I don't always feel great about that. But if it had been me, I would have wanted to see Afghanistan become almost like a South Korea, where we created a, a bed for U.S. troops. Um, a military base there remained in our military bases and kept overseas. So we had a, a foothold in that part of the world as well. See, it is, I mean, it's a little interesting to me because I mean, a lot of people, which I did not think would happen. Like we're talking other countries, leaders, they're all coming out. Like this isn't just me. This isn't just the right. It's not just Fox news. It's kind of everybody saying this, this is a crap show right now. So um and it doesn't sound like you're defending Biden necessarily. I do think it's interesting that that the Biden administration is trying to shift blame towards Trump, but it it doesn't feel take my side of politics out of it. It really doesn't feel like anyone's buying. It it just feels like this this is a crap show, and it was and I mean, he needs to own it. Joe Biden has he has a, literally said the buck stops here with me. Um, I'm but responsible. No, he for was how it when goes. he. He did. But then when he came out yesterday, I think it was, and gave a press conference, he He blamed Trump. He talked about how he inherited inherited the deal. Sure. So then the buck doesn't doesn't stop with him. 
if if you can't say the buck stops with me, but I inherited this, well then the buck you're not you're not letting the buck stop with you. You're passing it on. You you, you, you own this. You decided uh, I, to pull out. I, I think you can have both. I think you can inherit the buck and still say it's my um, I'm taking some responsibility, but this is how we got here because we did. It's a nineteen. It's a nineteen so we year got here. long. But we got you. So, so, so Joe Biden's argument is, hey, I inherited a bad deal from Trump that we were, you know, there's a ceasefire and we were supposed to pull out by May. OK, but guess what? You're the president now. And if you think that's a bad deal, do what Trump did and rip it up. You're the president. If you think pulling out is going to cause chaos and that this was a bad idea from Trump, then don't do it. But you did that's, do it. That's what I was saying. By the time he got handed the bag. It was either add more troops, which would have been political suicide for him, or take away the troops, which still was going to have a negative effect. He had two bad so, choices. So, I think in this case, based on what he had to deal with, he took the lesser of two evils. I mean, okay, the lesser of two evils politically or like – because I, I mean we're talking both, about humanitarian both, crisis. Because I – I, I don't think pumping – I think pumping troops in, if he had added more troops, would have increased the violence. I really I mean, do. We'll see. We will see. We will see what happens. So right now, for everyone listening, the crisis that's <laughs> happening is the Taliban, the Taliban has basically done a coup d'etat and has taken over the government of Afghanistan. They are saying that everything is going to be peaceful. So we don't know yet, John. You could be right. Sure. But if people, if heads start, and this isn't even like uh, a joke, like if heads literally start rolling, because that's what they do. And they're... Um, there have been some isolated reports of violence um, going on from Taliban members to people trying to flee. But for the most part, what's being what's happening is those who wish to flee the country are being allowed to flee the country. Um, they're being told they don't have to shelter in place any longer, where to go to the airport to get out of the country. And the U.S. is helping the evacuation for both those who assisted in the effort over the years. Visa holders as well as citizens are coming out. But I think I think we can agree. Let's, let's see if we can agree on this. And I'm going to ask a second question. I think we can agree that the Taliban taking over the Afghanistan, Afghan government is not a good thing. Can we agree on that? It wouldn't be my first choice, but I, I'm going to be honest in that I am not that well versed in Afghan politics to tell you what the previous administration was like. But I do know Sharia law. Uh, women not being treated properly, that gay is a sin and they should be killed. All of that I am completely against. So if if let's just take me my word that that is what the Taliban believes. If that is true, if, if, if that is true, you would agree that although, this is not good, that they're taking over the government. Although they themselves are saying they're more toned down than they were 20 years ago. Which sure we'll see sure but we'll would I give that's them my the, point <laughs> would I give them the benefit of the doubt no um, but short of the people themselves in Afghanistan changing their own fortunes I don't see what even another twenty years would have done that's, which is that to me to me that's like saying hey the KKK is toned down than they were in the twenties like okay that's I don't want the KKK taking over any sport form of any politics because toned down or not, that's a bad thing. Yeah, so, no, no, anyway. I would, I would absolutely agree. It's one of the reasons I'm a liberal and not a Republican. I don't believe in the KKK. I agree with you, Eric. You're right. Don't support Donald so, Trump. I'm, so my, my question, my question. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first one. I wanted to see if we could agree. 
Uh, the second one is, well, I, I think of this. Do you think this is politically going to harm the Democrats and Joe Biden? I don't. Um, I don't think it's going to have a big lasting impact on Joe Biden for a reason. Um, I personally don't think in four years he's going to run again. Um, I do think this is the last hurrah. I don't think Trump is going to run in four years. Um, I think they're both going to be too old. I think they're just going to, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy five years. So I could be completely wrong. You could be completely yeah. wrong. Who knows? Dude, we could have a 91 year old president. Who the frick knows? <laughs> right. Um, no, I think, I think this did. I think, I think for the midterms, uh, this, this hurt the Democrats and Joe Biden, at least with how they're handling it. It's, it's just, to me, it's, it would be better if they weren't like the tone I keep hearing from Joe Biden. When I, I listened to his press conference the other day, when this all went down, um, you know, you got the talking heads then on the different uh, news, news stations. It, it just sounds like they're trying to spin it. And I think if they would just own it and not spin it, it would do less damage, but because they're trying to spin it and everybody can see what's going on. I mean, you, you, you're talking 20 years worth of, you know, trillions of dollars spent on top of troops going, people giving their lives, you know, suffering families, Americans going there for 20 years. Like this is a big deal to a lot of people. And I think they're handling it wrong. And I think, I think it is going to play a role in the midterms. I think it's going to hurt them. I I do think though, you have to look at it logically, which is, do you believe 2,500 people in any country can hold such a force that they could stop what was occurring now other than well they were just waiting because they knew this day was coming so they've been prepared for it because they had to have for the speed at which it's occurred which means so probably been planning this since trump signed a deal so yes and here's why because it was just 2300 troops on the ground and i could be wrong I, i thought i heard that joe biden stopped the air support so air support in, in modern warfare is huge. So yes, 2,300 troops can do a lot because you have all these drones and air support, which is really what's keeping everything secure at that point. And I heard that Joe Biden stopped that. I could be wrong, but that is what I heard. And if that's true, then that to me is something different that changed. I mean, you have we have drones so and, we have and to air ask. force... You heard it. Did you hear it from a crazy uncle? Was it a Q1 on board? Where did you pick this up, Eric? No, I heard it uh, today watching the news. I don't remember who said it, but it was on the news today. So I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not claiming it as fact. I'm claiming it that, hey, guess what? I heard that and everyone listening should go look it up to see if it's true or not. Because if it's true, that's a big deal. There shouldn't be anything wrong with saying that. Look it up. Knowledge is power. But anyway, I think that I think that this is going to hurt them, and we'll see. I mean, the midterms are coming up, and I think that this will be um, poison to the Democrats. I mean, I, I think regardless, the Democrats are in trouble in the uh, next midterm, not because of the loss of popularity, a lack of popularity. Who's ever president tends to lose um, their house, um, and that's traditionally what's happened for every president. So I do think in two years, right. especially uh, because the 
the people who are going to get out and vote are going to be the ones who are upset. And the people who are not upset, which is going to be your more liberal base, is going to sit home. I hope that that trend stops. But the truth is um, the Eric Schwartzes of the world will be out voting and not the John Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens, but I want to switch real quick before we run out of time. I, I want to talk. Um, I want to see the, the Andrew Cuomo thing. It came, we, we've talked about it for a couple months and it finally came to an end. Um, he's resigning. I think that's kind of big news too. Not as big as Afghanistan, but um, thoughts, John? Well, so I, I kind of, we already hit this one. Um, I, I think you know that if someone uh, did something wrong, I don't think they should be in office. I'm, I'm pretty steadfast on that that it's uh you're honor bound at that point to lead a better life and he didn't um so i'm i think he did the right thing now in resigning i think he did the wrong thing in his statement if he did these things he should own it um and i hope what about that, uh sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off i hope that if this uh is all true and he did commit a crime that he gets punished for it by our legal system go ahead so what do you think about his brother, though? Because um, there was that whole thing going on. Uh, do you think this should be like, you think he's like CNN should just leave him on the air? Like, I mean, as a, as a news reporter and the stuff that's kind of coming out, it did kind of feel a little bit like, hey, you're supposed to be covering the news. Your brother is the governor. And it kind of felt like you were trying to cover for him. As, as one of the most widely watched primetime news reporters, I feel like as a reporter, you hold a, a certain burden to, to report the news to society. And I feel like he kind of dropped the ball. I think if uh, anything we've learned from the last few years is if you're not Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson, you're, you're allowed to stay on the air pretty much no matter what you do. <laughs> because... Let's be honest. As far as irresponsible journalism goes, they're the kings. There's no uh, no one who can come closer. I I think um, I would just put them all in the same basket. To be honest, I don't no, think there's no, such no. thing as you think Cuomo covers the news unbiasedly. I I'm not saying unbiased, but um, so what's Tucker, the difference? Tucker and Sean Hannity take it to like a whole new level. They really do. For, to you, to you, they take it to a whole new level. Oh, during the Trump no. administration, during the Trump administration, they went way <clears throat> on the crazy oh, cause, end. Because I can sit through almost any other Fox News segment and not. Um, That's because not they're laugh. the only ones. They're the only opinion. No, no. Laura, Laura Ingram, the Ingram angle. She's also a little out there. Oh, yeah. She's I not guess, yeah, nearly as nutty or is like, I'm just going to make stuff up today. Um, what was it? He, Tucker Carlson was on the news one night during COVID saying, we don't know what's in these vaccines. Who knows? Yes, we do. It was crazy town. Um, this idea that people should be afraid of vaccines because they don't well, want to do in them. Wait, you know, I'll go along wait, with know. that. If you grow your own food, nobody ever else gets to touch it and you cook it yourself. But if you go out and you have a hamburger, you don't know what's in that hamburger, but you're sure, afraid but of I'm a not, vaccine that's actually been but I'm not tested, being that, distributed by our health professionals. But I'm not injecting that, that, that hamburger into my veins with a needle and mixing is, it with other things. How is that any different? 
You're eating because a it's a hamburger, John. Maybe it's a poison hamburger, Eric. You don't know. And, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it is. People die from food poisoning. It's a thing. It happens. It's a, and you're right. That's the point. That's why people review and restaurants. You you probably have a higher risk of getting food poisoning than you dying of a vaccine injection of these vaccines because there's, there's just not numbers dying. there. I think people, people. What were they worried are, about? Bill Gates is watching them. Where are we at with this? I'm, I'm always no, lost. No, I think I think people. No, I'll tell you. People, people like myself are just weighing the risks rewards. They're looking at the science. They're looking at the facts, and they're saying, "Hey, I'm not going to die from COVID probably. So what's the point of getting the vaccine? To I'm going to weigh neighbor. my risk rewards." So, so the re- the reward would be you're helping your neighbor. He's less likely okay. to catch COVID because you can. You're so less you likely think, to carry it. So does someone have the right? to worry about themselves and their family and not their neighbor. Does someone have that right? Um, so this, this gets tricky for me because here's the thing. We live in a society. So I almost feel like if people feel that way, maybe they shouldn't live in society. Maybe you shouldn't call yourself a good American. If you so what if the majority, what if the majority disagree with you and think that you shouldn't live that in society, if you don't agree that we should worry about ourselves, because that's the problem you're, with society. You're saying just worry about then. yourself. Not where well, we've always been a mob rule. It's kind of how it works, but we do protect no, the we're weakest not among rule. us in, as a mob In fact, rule. the Federalist Papers actually write against that. That's the whole point of the reason our, our system was set up the way it is as a democratic republic is because we're not a mob rule. And the founding fathers were very much concerned that we would become one, which is why they set it up the way they did. They did not want a mob rule. A mob rule would mean that majority rules, and that's not the case. That's why we have senators and congressmen. It doesn't matter what the majority of Americans think. It matters what the majority of Congress But so we're still not talking about – so, okay, so what you're saying is if the U.S. government says you should get a vaccine, you should go get a vaccine, and they pretty much have. So what are you saying? Because they're – Well, it's not a law. It's not a law. They can encourage it. Doesn't need to be a, it doesn't fine. need to be a law, but then aren't you being a bad citizen by saying, no, I don't want to. I'm a selfish baby. No, I think aren't I'm you? I think I'm actually being a good citizen by not wow. just willingly doing what the government says to do. Like that's oh, to me, that's so you- that's that's bl- blindly, blindly doing what the government says to do when you have a right not to in this situation, to me, uh, is actually being the better citizen. Because otherwise, the government can just tell you to do anything, and you're going to do it because the government said. You you do like taxes, right? You pay your taxes. It's the law, isn't it? You, well, so. So I'm I'm saying right now, I what I just said, John, was that I, was on a, I have I was a on right a podcast, and you told me some laws you break here. We're not going to bring up what it is, but I happen to know I said, law you does not right, stop you, Eric. If yeah. you have a right not to, then you should. Or you at least can. So, so, so right I now, assume you have every a right time, not to get the vaccine. Every time you were in public when it was the rule, was the law, that we had to wear masks, you always had your mask on. Yes. You're a liar. I know you didn't. No. You guys would still get together. You, you were at a COVID wait, party. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. There was never a law that said I had to wear a mask. When a, when a private establishment asked me so to wear a mask, I did. But there was never a law. There's there no was law. a Pritz, Pritzker had a mandate for a while that if that's there were not a law, people that's not, not a law. Family, a that's not a law, and it was we're, we're going to call. No, nope, actually, yeah, no, we're going to go there. Was, ah, fact well, check it. Yes, I'm right. You're wrong. Well, it was uh, actually brought to the Supreme Court, and it was unconstitutional. So. <laughs> 
this mask rule was never called unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Yes, it, it yes it yes it was. It went to court, and a federal judge said that it was unconstitutional, and ruled that one person from Congress didn't have to follow it, but said it was unconstitutional. But that the judge didn't go broad enough. Now you're referring to the. In not the Illinois Supreme Court, even you're referring to one court justice in Clay County, Correct. not the Illinois Supreme Court. Yes. I'm talking about the Clay County judge, but the point is, the point is a mandate. Yeah. If you'd like to look up, if you'd like to look up law, mandate is not law. Governor Pritzker cannot make a law. He cannot wave his wand and say you have to do this. That's not a law. A law is something that has to go through the legislative process, and you know this. So it has to be voted on by the state legislator and then signed into law. Governor Pritzker can't just get on TV and say it's a law. That's not a law. That is him talking. I'm sorry. I was listening, but all I heard was I'm a bad citizen, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in helping society. I'm selfish, and I'm afraid of a vaccine. Maybe it's just needles. I'm afraid of needles, Eric. Is it possible it's just needles? No. I I get my blood drawn all the time. What's why, why, why? Let me ask you this. Drawn. Yeah. I mean, I'm human. There's oh, all kinds of stuff that can be. I gotcha. Weird, but but good. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where you're going here because, again, my whole point is that every individual has the right to speak with their doctor and weigh their own risk rewards in life and decide if they want to inject something into their body. If someone has cancer, should you force them to get chemo, or is that their choice? So, so if, if you want if to get the vaccine, sure, cancer, go get it. Cancer doesn't spread but, from person to person. It's different. It, it's not different because it's a germ, John. So now you want to mandate a law around germs. What you're talking about is a scary version of society that I never want to live in. If we as a society are now going to make laws we, we already around have, germs. We already have laws around germs. That wouldn't be something new. So maybe you should move out. Like AIDS. You're not allowed to have sex if you have AIDS. It's a crime. Okay, but that's different because now you're even physically if, even having both, intercourse. Even if both parties are willing. And I know you have AIDS, and I'm like, hey, I want to do it today. Can you can you spread it? can you can you spread AIDS in the grocery store with your pants on, not touching anybody? No. Okay, so then that's my point: is you can't mandate something that it can spread while you're in the grocery store, if not you, touching if, anybody. If you had that's Ebola, insanity. there there would be a rule where they could make you not go out if you had Ebola, for instance, or a flu well, bacteria, hope, or let's hope anything. we never they get could. there. Let's hope we never get there because society we, will crumble. Because New York, there will be a group of people that will never listen. I, I think sooner or later it's inevitable. But uh, even during polio, um, New York did uphold its Supreme Court back in the day um, yep. that the man had to get his polio. Correct. And, and I'm sure you've heard now that that now that Supreme Court ruling now is being called into question. And there's a lot of people saying that there's a chance this could make its way back up to the Supreme Court and get overturned. So if you've been following the news, that case particular that you're talking about from 1906, was it? Uh-huh. That case in particular is now being scrutinized and saying, hey, this, this, is, this is making its way up the docket because there's a lot of lawsuits out there about this. And it's only a matter of time, they think, in the next year where this gets its way to the Supreme Court. And they're saying it, the, the, the ruling was not, was not very uh, broad. And this could be overturned. And there's a lot of people saying that this might not be good for you because a lot of people think that you should not be able to mandate that a a citizen inject their body with something. 
But fortunately, we don't have mob rule where a lot of people thinking, a lot of people wanting, per your own discussion. But we, do, but we do have a Supreme Court. It doesn't matter. Court. You we said do, it does, right? But, but so the Supreme Court, do have would follow, a Supreme Court would follow the law and what's best for the safety of the people. That's, that's how it's going to work. And I think, that's and a lot of people are saying the Supreme Court. A lot of people are saying the Supreme Court might saying. overturn the ruling. Would overturn that ruling. So, so just be careful what you wish for because I think that that or, ruling will get, over, will get overturned. I, do you and Trump have friends in the same circle? Because he used to say Trump? a lot of people say a lot of people. I no, we hear just, we just think a lot. We just think we just think like a lot. I don't know what to tell you, but um, the reason. So I, I, let, let's wrap up with this, okay? So Uh-oh. going back to what I was saying, that people people have the right to choose what is be- to, to to talk to their doctor, weigh their own risk, and choose what's best for them and their family. I already had COVID. My wife already had COVID. To me, there is no reason that benefits me and my family. And I'm sorry, I love my neighbors, but guess what? I look out for me and my family. That's number one. It goes God and then me and my family, though that is my priorities. And so I'm gonna do what's best for my family first. And there's no reason for us to inject ourselves with the vaccine after we've already had COVID and we're fine. And now COVID, the death rate of COVID is now under 0.4% is both the current lethality rate of COVID and the Delta variant, 0.0, 4% lethality. And that's as a whole population of America. When you're talking about my age group and my wife's age group and my daughter's age group, we're talking, we have a better chance of dying from influenza. So I'm sorry, I'm not getting the vaccine. No, There's no, no, zero no. reason. You, you still do not have a better chance of dying of influenza at your age risk. No. My sorry. age risk is 0. 0.000, like 4% yeah. chance you, you of dying don't, right You now. don't, and influenza would be even lower, Eric. No, you don't have. A you know more kids. You know influenza. more. You know more kids. Kids under the age of twelve. More kids under the age of twelve die every year from influenza that have died from COVID. I don't know that. I've never. You'll have to send me that statistic, Eric, because I've never heard that even yeah, remotely. Because the news doesn't talk. And about I did it. read the all the CDC stuff. I'm sure it's from some special. You know place. how many total send kids? It to me, and we'll we'll, you we'll know talk about total, it next time. Total oh. kids. Real quick, Total kids. we never did before, before we go there, um, you and I, uh, on the last podcast or two podcasts ago, we're discussing Christopher Columbus. And uh, I said he did not have anything to do with proving that the world was round or even was that most people who were educated at the time believed the world was round already. And you disagreed. Um, Have we come to a conclusion? I don't. Columbus? I don't. Here's what I remember. I don't remember exactly okay. what we were arguing, but I do remember I looked some stuff up after. So whatever it was we were arguing, people can go back and listen. I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, John, I think uh, you were 75% right, and I was 25% right. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, but it yeah, was yeah, a Washington how, Irving novel is where that uh, <laughs> myth comes from. The same guy who wrote uh, Headless Horseman. Um, wrote a fictional book about Christopher Columbus and wanted to make it more. Exciting. I will say, I will say that what I remember being <coughs> taught about Christopher Columbus, and then what I uh, what I researched after that podcast was not exactly in line of what I thought I was taught. Not saying that's what I was sure. taught, just what I remember. Um, so uh, I'll give you, I'll give you points on that. No, I, I do think in grade school that's what we were taught. I would agree. So that uh, Christopher Columbus proved the world was round. I think I remember that in grade school too. It was later that. I learned so I have a that question. my teachers were wrong. Yeah. 
I wonder how many people have made it this far in this episode with just the two of us yelling at this, each other. I think this episode is fun, and I think there are a lot of people. And we do want to hear from you. And the best way to let us know you're still listening is to buy things from the mm-hmm. Checks and Balances store that we already talked about. And send Vox an email and ask him why he's not listening. I don't know what the email is yeah. for Checks and Balances because they don't let us know those things as the producer. Uh, checks, checks pod at Gmail or checks and balance pod at Gmail. Checks, just, just try a whole bunch of different combination, guys. And send them an email and ask our producers where they message been. us. Why message aren't they us listening? On Facebook. Tell them yeah. the show is that much better. That this is the best show you've ever heard. Yeah, and we and want them. We need them to have a guest appearance again. We got to get the party started, right? Especially because I don't know how to do Facebook Live. Those were fun days. I, yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. But I think uh, you know, uh, thanks everyone that's kept with us this far. I think uh, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. I don't know what do you think, John. I do think so. It's time to say goodbye to our checks and balances listeners. Remember to get your vaccine. Do not listen to Eric. He's insane. He should get his vaccine as well. And I think he's going to. It's just going to take some time. And remember, even if you've gotten COVID, you can still get the Delta Delta variant. You're more likely. The COVID immunity does not protect you where the vaccine gives you a greater chance of not catching it. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.